1: Hello, 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 and welcome to the podcast of *The Man in the Black Suit* by Sylvain Reynard.
0: Yay. Yay!
2: We are happy listening. to see Lori. Happy yes. to see Betty. Hello. Hey, Betty. hello,
1: Betty. We are listening to Miles Davis in tribute to this chat. All yes. miles all the time.
2: <laughs> miles of miles. Miles
1: and miles of nothing but miles and miles.
2: Nothing but miles. That's
1: what in we used to say. Of, uh...
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's what we used to say when we would drive through Nebraska when I was oh go out there for work. <laughs> miles and mm-hmm. miles of nothing but miles and miles.
2: Now oh, that's the truth. Yes. <laughs> but there's some there's some there's some great miles in Nebraska. I, I enjoyed that state, and I was only in a sliver of it. I was only in the very far, the the eastern part of Nebraska, driving south from uh, South Dakota down to Omaha. So, I, I there's a lot of Nebraska I haven't seen yet.
1: I used, we used to fly into Omaha, and if you and what's weird about the state is the airport in Omaha actually sticks into Iowa if there's like this little bump so to get to where our office was we had to drive through Iowa to get to the office ah uh,
2: yes i can appreciate that
1: <laughs> oh and Betty's with her
2: blessedness oh Aww.
1: i'm so glad
2: so, so precious
1: glad. so we've ha- we've had a interesting sr week
2: i know so
1: exciting so exciting the
2: news is fantastic
1: oh we have the passion flicks of of when they're going to be filming in september of 2019 oh my gosh when it will premiere in march of 2020 (laughs) and then we also have a uh wonderful new title for gabriel's book four gabriel's promise
2: the uh is that not one of like the best oh it's just such a perfect name for a book yes and yes. For, for for book four i just think it's just right i mean well done sr well done yeah yeah i i i obviously i'm a I'm very excited about this. So, well, leslie, I warned him. I warned him I'd be emoting on the podcast.
1: That's true. <laughs> uh, leslie our um Judith and Ellie and I were going back and forth yesterday with somebody else about what we think from the synopsis plot mm-hmm. of who's coming out of Gabriel's past, and what's wrong with Julia.
2: Oh my gosh, I know. And I want to say before we go far, because I know it seems like she's coming for a real quick visit, uh, special hello to KK. Hello, Hi, Karen. KK. Um, she's saying quick hello and cheers for book four. And I am raising my glass of Apothic Inferno in honor of the Gabriel series. <laughs> and we are so excited about the news of book four and the news of the Passion Flicks. Filming dates and release dates. I mean, he always says good news is coming, and he delivers he every
1: time. He delivered this week, big time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, we were, you know, we were going back and forth. So, it's either come to us, somebody from Gabriel's mother's past or a drug dealer from his past in Boston. I mean why not and then,
2: there's so many ways that could go you, well, know? you
1: know he has a decent relationship with his uh, birth father's family because they did that right. in the last book and they really we really don't know anything about his mother's family so that I thought that might be part of it and I, then when he was in Boston with all his drug dealings God knows so that was part of that and then um as far as julianne goes uh i think it was judith or or one of the other women in the in the list said that remember william mentioned to uh gabriel while he was still a vampire that there was something seriously wrong with with julianne because he could smell it yes and we know she had either endometriosis or fibroid tumors whatever it was right so the thought was possibly it was uh cancer
2: i cannot bear the thought of him writing that story though i just i'm hoping it's not i thought the same thing actually when when that comment came out of william Mm -hmm. that's exactly where my mind went but of course that's because my mind would go there, given the history of what I've, uh, what I've lived through with people I love. Um, well, the, you but, know, the oh other my thing, gosh, oh my yeah. gosh, I'm hoping that's not it. But well, it, it other, could very well be.
1: The other thing I was thinking about, because um, SR tends to put out thoughts way ahead of time about things mm-hmm. that he's writing about. This and is true. He was... And and you would never know it until you really overthink things and look at the book when it finally comes out. Um, one of the things he was tweeting about a lot this year, this past fall and around Christmas, was about grief. And...
2: Absolutely.
1: All that. And so then I had this brainstorm of an idea because... I know that they were in Selins Grove, and for a long time, uh, Richard and Gabriel weren't coming off the porch. There was a lot of booze and a lot of cigars going on. And um, I thought that maybe they were discussing, they, you know, maybe they've gotten this diagnosis, and they were discussing grief and what he, how he's going to be feel if something really bad happens to her. And discussing it with Richard, and knowing that Richard is still grieving, Grace.
2: Right, right. I mean, I think you know, and I'm I'm seeing in the chat room, um, Betty has said, I that, wonder if Betty. Paul, I wonder if Paul will become Uncle Paul in Gabriel's Promise. Mm-hmm. She thinks there's all these are all really good theories. Anything can happen in the new book, and then of course, why you just said what you said. Mm-hmm. What if Richard dies? I am very hopeful I don't that think that is not gonna... happening, at least not in book four. Um, and of course, I'm already putting it out there. I'm looking for a book five. <laughs> <laughs> I just love these characters, and I can't imagine not having um additional stories coming from this this group of wonderful, wonderful, characters and this beautiful world um i do think there is going to be some discussion and some um thoughts on grief though I, I agree with you because sr did talk about that quite a bit and he's also been really very supportive um for a lot of the readers who have gone through grief and i know um just as i was joining um, and probably a little bit after I started joining, um, becoming uh, involved in this community. I know it was very close to the time when um, we lost Terry. Um, and I know that really affected many, many members of the community. True. Um, Terry, Terry the nurse, as she is lovingly uh, remembered as. So, yes, Betty, I agree. Richard does need to meet Pam.
1: Well, I have my theory. On who Richard is based on. Mm. But,
2: and do you know? Yes, I do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Would you mind elaborating, Pam? <laughs> well, I have this feeling that maybe Richard is more like SR mm-hmm. than Gabriel is.
2: I actually think I think it's a combination. I think I think it's a combination of Gabriel and Richard.
0: No, that's
2: That's my yep. Okay. I, I think there were probably elements of Gabriel and elements of of uh, Richard. Mm-hmm. I know SR we're speculating about you. I know we shouldn't <laughs> do that, so forgive us, forgive us. Um, but Betty, I agree. I would love also to read Richard interacting with Pam. <laughs> yeah that would be interesting and Lori Laurie, Laurie, Laurie thinks your um, theory is interesting and yes Betty wise and smart that's, that's <laughs> those are the two adjectives I would use
1: <laughs> yes <Yeah. laughs> anyhow so that's the big big excite,
2: excitement oh my gosh in December it's coming in December, mm-hmm. which is wonderful because I I wasn't sure I wasn't sure if he would make it this year, if it would come out the next year. Yeah, he, I, know I knew he it. Was... I knew I knew they would line it up before the Passion Flicks. Like I knew that. Yeah. But I'm and so I, excited.
1: And I knew he was he was looking to do that. Um, I'm happy to see that Berkeley's uh doing it. Not that there's anything wrong with, uh, you know, the Argyle Press. Like Argyle mm-hmm. Press, the Man in the Black and Black Suit is Argyle Press. But I, th- I, I think it will get more um, out there publicly.
2: Right. Well, and I think, honestly, that will also lead more people to our beloved Nicholas and Acacia.
1: That's true. And hopefully that will work out for him.
2: It's it's really interesting to see, and I know we're at five fifteen already, but I knew we were going to be, you know, really celebrating this wonderful news that SR shared with us this week. Um, I think it will be interesting to see how the different, how different authors who are affiliated with different um, publishers versus independent publishers. It's really interesting to see what level of support they may or may not get from promotions. Mm-hmm. Um, because as I've learned over the past couple of years, and also talking to published authors, um, it really is left up to the author to promote the book. And I just find that whole thing very fascinating. And of course, that's where there, there are a lot of publicists in... Um, in publishing or people who work specifically to get the word out. But I just, I find it very, very interesting that that some of the larger publishing houses don't put more behind the authors. True. It, it's just something I find. Uh, being being a person who is a professional communication communications um, consultant, i I find it fascinating it's very unlike any other industry that I'm aware of
1: yeah uh, I mean I was talking to somebody today earlier uh, about uh, I'm, I'm thinking of going to Wales in August for the All Souls con and because she wanted me to go someplace with her and I, and I told her what I was trying to do and i said i really learned a lot last year because they had um deb harkness's agent was in there her uh editors and there was more than one and from from the publisher and how you know there's somebody who reads the story hi kenzie and so happy to um, see
2: you kenzie
1: but there's somebody that reads a story and says, you know, this doesn't work well, or I like this, expand on that type of thing. There's another one that goes through and looks at, makes sure all the spelling is correct, the grammar, that kind of stuff. And then there's another one that actually formats the book for the printer. So I found that really interesting, and that takes quite a few months to do. So...
2: That is, it's it's a fascinating process. It is. It is. It Absolutely. really, really
1: is. Absolutely. And,
2: and I'm, <laughs> I'm laughing because Lori says Merry Christmas, and I completely, I I think, did I tweet that or did I? I, I think I t- tweeted. T- that. I think, think I tweeted that about <laughs> Christmas continues, or I, I may have, I may have actually emailed that when I sent those well, questions. Well, the fact
1: that the book's coming out, it'll be yeah. Merry Christmas.
2: I know. Oh, I know, and then um, the opportunity to see um, it come alive on the on the screen is so exciting. I know, I know. And Betty's funny. Pam and Richard taking shots would be fun. And she said, "I'm not." And and Betty, I am with you. I am so with you on this. I I, I literally and Richard I thought and of I you. I almost reached shots. out. I'm, well, no, no, not about you taking shots. About her next comment she wrote. I'm not yeah, sure if I'll, I'll be able to listen to the audiobook. It's just not going to be the same. And I already know I will listen to the audiobook. I will. But I I am going to miss Morgan. I, yeah. I mean, John Morgan was such a great talent. And he brought he those was. characters to life. I, it just, it, you know... The fact that he's not going to be reading book four is is just sad. Um, And Betty said she finally started listening to the Roman. It's been an interesting experience. And that's the one series I have not listened to yet, which I think I mentioned before, and I kind of have a hard time believing that I haven't listened to the tale of William and Raven. Um, but I, it's something good to look forward to. Um, and Kenzie says, I didn't even think about that. That breaks my heart. I know, Kenzie. I know. Although I, I think having another voice will add just an, add another layer um, of interest. And I know, and the guy... I, I know that they're going to make a great choice.
1: Yeah. I mean, the guy who did the Roman and the guy who did the man in the black suit. Robertson. It begins with a D. Right. I'm. Um, I forget
2: his I know. I but, uh, need to. I need to. I need a, to commit his name to, his name to memory. You know, he did. Yeah, I job. think so, and especially, working, <laughs> he did especially listening to certain chapters of the man in the black suit. I think he did a tremendous job. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I believed. I believe this chapter was one where it was like yes, kind of took your yes. breath away a little bit.
1: Lots of sprinkles Mm in this one. Yes. Absolutely. I called that for you, Betty. And and Betty
2: (laughs) Betty said, I know, Betty said Morgan was perfect as Willie, and she loves the way Morgan reads Paul's lines. He brought humor and sweetness to Paul. And Kenzie said, I've only listened to the audio book of Gabriel's Inferno. I'm waiting for the read-along of Gabriel's rapture to begin so I can continue. Kenzie, that's a wise choice, and let me tell you, every every chapter of every book is just—it's such a performance. It's really, really good. I think you'll enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Um, And speaking of Gabriel's Rapture, I I really feel like I kind of need to start doing my homework on that so I can actively participate um, in the uh, comments and feedback. of that book oh. because seeing how the script is going to be crafted is going to be very very exciting mm-hmm.
0: i'm wondering when they
2: uh, so pam i guess right we should probably start doing any other uh i think so announcements what do you think <laughs> it's think certainly about, about what we got <laughs> i know so they were the big announcements i know this it's,
1: week, so we're, it's exciting
2: so I, it looks so I like we're we going to be get. in Toronto a couple times this year, Pam.
1: Yes, in uh, May and in September. And by the way, I am a TIFF. I member.
2: wish we could go to Italy and if
1: we are there. Well, you never know; the the, the lottery number could could come in.
2: Um, Please take me, Pam. That's all I ask.
1: <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs>
2: um, could you the, imagine how much fun we would have? Oh god. <laughs> if we could get a whole group of people over there in Italy. Oh, oh my gosh. Take over the place. We could all be at the hotel Gallery d'Art having sushi uh, yeah. or being up on the up on the rooftop.
1: The rooftop is in the hotel next door oh owned by the same people, but it's Next door.
0: (laughs) That's
2: true. Did you see Kenzie's comment? She said there
0: was
2: (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Kenzie said there was this part in the Gabriel's (laughs) Inferno (laughs) where Morgan groaned for Gabriel. (laughs) 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 She replayed it eight times. (laughs) (laughs) Then he said, high five, Kenzie. (laughs) <laughs> yes Betty said I made my blessedness listen to parts of the audiobook but skip the sprinkles <laughs> I love it I would be jumping up and down the bed singing lying in the hands of God <laughs> yes <laughs> Betty yes we will all and get together death, I, I know we just will
1: just by voice <laughs>
0: little death refers to yes. sprinkles yes <laughs> I love it.
2: <laughs> well, there are some really... Um, I'm just happy about the news. Um, I'm also happy there's continues to be more translations made. And that was one thing I saw. And I'm not sure if you, you had noticed that, ladies, um, out in the Twitter sphere and on Facebook. A lot of the um, non-English speakers were really hopeful that they're going to be able to get more translations because... Some of them were saying, oh, we were able to read this, but we couldn't read that, and we're still waiting to read about this. Right. And um, so I'm really, really hopeful uh, that well, I, we I continue that, to get the good news about more translations. Yeah, I know
1: that the um, Man in the Black Suit is coming out February 1st in Portuguese by Sadia. And then there's another for a Czech version that's coming out from Albatross Media but I don't have a date for that. which is yet. so cool yeah and the Florentine series is being translated into Italian and French but uh, SR hasn't given any name of publisher or dates on that so uh, I'm hoping interesting mm. and then Kenzie's also saying does anyone else have a f- irrational fear of losing more time talking to SR and reading his funny tweets more than, more when the filming dates get closer.
0: <laughs> you know, I don't,
1: I think you. I think he'll come on. I don't think he'll be on a lot, a lot, because I'm sure around filming, if he's there and if he's going to be involved in it, that, That's going to take up a lot of time. Well, we don't even know that, really, right?
2: I mean, who knows how he's going to approach it.
1: I don't know, but I do know that they do have film permits for the University of Toronto already. They've already worked that out.
2: That's cool. Yeah. Oh, my God, it's so exciting. It's real. It is real. And I have to say, I finally, finally, finally joined and got my passion flicks founding membership. I'm happy to say. Yes. Because I was afraid that I was going to miss my opportunity to (laughs) get all the inside scoop on this filming, and honestly, I think that would have broken my heart.
1: I think I have to renew mine in September. Mm -hmm. Because I've had the the two-year membership when it was first offered. So...
2: Right. That's okay. <laughs> it's, it's, I, think it's, so, I think it's a good investment. And Kenzie said, I hope I can make it in September to Toronto. My heart will literally be broken if I miss out on that opportunity. And she said, sleuthing around the set without anyone knowing. <laughs> and then she said, I can't <laughs> afford it, sadly. Well, here's the thing, Kenzie. Um, we will be telling you and talking about all this stuff. So the challenge is going to be there if there's be- any way possible you could make it to Toronto. And Lori asked if I've watched any movies yet. And I can tell you, Lori, the answer is no. Because I finally, i there were a couple kinks. I know people will say there's there's been certain kinks. Um, but I have to say the staff at Flicks was really responsive. So I have all my access to... Um, passion flicks as of today so I'm very 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 excited because you know I have to watch Driven and I have to be ready to watch The Protector which I just read which I love Jodi Ellen Malpas giving her a shout out um check her out if you haven't already it's she's she does good stuff so and then Betty makes a great point and Kenzie keep this in mind the filming will continue when they film Rapture and then we had the third movie. And then now we have the fourth book. So it's going to be another opportunity. So hopefully, and as, between all of them, we're going to have chances to go.
1: True. And as much as they would like to film in the areas where the books are written, I have a feeling that mm-hmm. you can find Boston in Toronto very easily somewhere. And right. uh, so I, th- right. I, th- I think, you know, they may want to keep Toronto and Italy only. So
2: I I bet that's the case. And I have a feeling what they'll do is they'll hire someone to do a couple background shots of B-roll of Harvard and of Harvard, some Boston Skyline kind of shots. Stuff, yeah. But not actually have the oh, yeah. cast there. Um yeah, well, but, oh I my gosh, you, let like, me tell you Walmart something. Movies, if we get wind of a if we get wind of a Boston filming, I am there in a heartbeat, ladies. I, I will find a way because that's seven hours from my house, and I will drive there <laughs> if I have to.
0: <laughs> and and Lori said that
2: um, Lori she said it is good, and I'm I'm guessing she's I'm referring to the driven and the passion. Uh, for passion flicks, and I'm very excited about that. Um, and here's the other thing too: if you can't make it there, and I'm even—I was even thinking of this because I know I'm not going to be able to go to Italy as much as I really, 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 really want to. It's still going to be cool to see the news that comes out of there, or if people are there and they can, whatever they can share. I know they're going to try and keep things, you know, respectfully, you know, not do any surprises or anything, but sure, sure. I, I just, I'm excited. I'm just excited about the whole process and I'm really, truly happy for SR.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: So, so. and I'm hoping yeah, that yeah. this so leads to started. Florentine series as well.
1: That would be nice. It would
2: yeah. be nice. We should start. Team. And then, as I mentioned on Twitter, and Pam so um, specifically said, yes, we need to start talking to Flicks about this. I would love to see the man in the black suit on the big screen.
1: Mm-hmm. Info so, at so, And especially...
2: <laughs> exactly. What well, We can start that campaign. I think we need to give... I think we need to give a little bit... A little bit of breathing room here, but and and Kenzie said yes, and I think we all feel that way. I am beyond happy and excited for him. He deserved nothing but the best in this world, and I agree with that. And Lori says she's going to start playing the lottery, also. Well, play for me, I ladies, still because Lori. I'm, the only way I can play <laughs> the lottery is if I'm out of the state. My daughter is my daughter is working for the. Uh, The lottery production um, and she (laughs) can I'm not allowed to purchase a lottery ticket within the state of Pennsylvania within the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania so I'm counting on you ladies we can take care of that (laughs) that sounds good and Kenzie said I know I won't be able to go to Italy only in my dreams but I hope SR will get to visit again for it I agree (laughs) and Betty said Nicholas needs some love And we agree, which is why I'm going to start Uh, chapter 35. He's getting a lot. Oh, I was going to say, I don't know. I don't know if Nicholas needs some because I think he's getting some. That's all I got to say. We're starting as we're in Dubai. And let me tell you, I love this again. I always say SR paints a beautiful scene. He really just does a great descriptive setting. And he was starting chapter 35 with the hotel spa, describing the lavish spa overlooking the golf. Acacia enjoyed it. And she swam and went to the steam room and then had a le- relaxing massage, which when I read this, I am like, I want to be Acacia in this, in this moment. Right exactly. Sign me up. Deep tissue um, massage. <laughs> Well, I think Nicholas is giving her the deep tissue massage, I have to say. Um, it's not the same. But that's another story. Not the yes. same. And then, even though Rick was there watching her, which I know made her uncomfortable, she spent most of her time alone, which she enjoyed. And it gave her a lot of time to think about Nicholas. And it's really trans—you know amazing how the angry, exacting Pierre Breckman became the noble and quite passionate Nicholas Casserer. He was jealous of Luke, and she thought it was odd that the two men were really checking each other out. And there was kind of a great symmetry to that, uh, which I thought was kind of a, a cool thing for SR to note. The spa had been incredible, and after a couple of hours, she was brought back to the suite by Rick. She was attracted to Nicholas and was conscious that she was hiding things from him. If he were to uncover the truth, She really thought it would end the relationship. And she just wanted to live in the moment with him and not worry about the future. So as she was walking back, they were scanned as soon as they entered the suite by Wen. And thankfully, all was good. Acacia thanked Wen, and she thanked Rick. And then (laughs) Rick, who had been quiet the entire time, looks at him and goes, I don't care who he fucks. Which you can totally imagine that happening, right? Mm -hmm. I know, right? It was shocking. But I know SR wrote it that way to kind of be like, right? Yeah. It's almost like he was nursing that. And and almost like Rick was waiting and waiting and waiting to say it. Mm -hmm. Betty says she was shocked. Um, I was too. In part because... I viewed Rick as being incredibly professional and that was a very unprofessional thing for him to say, Mm -hmm. but I think he's also very direct and plain spoken.
1: He reminds me of a uncouth tailor from Mm -hmm. Fifty Shades, you know, how how professional
2: it was. Oh, yeah. And I mm-hmm.
0: think
1: I think Rick is professional in the point of protection, but when it comes to dealing with people one on one, he may not be.
2: Right. Yeah. It's it, it was it was that was very fascinating to me. And Lori Lori says it was unprofessional. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this his his response took Acacia back, but I have to say I do love how she handled this. Um, She responded, "Um, good, uh, because it was none of his business, which is completely true. Betty says he was just too direct. Agreed. Rick told her that it was his responsibility to protect Nicholas, even from his women. But rather than take the bait, she thanked him for protecting Nicholas. And I think that shocked him. Um, Mm Acacia said they both want the same thing, for Nicholas to be safe, and that she would also want him to be happy. And he probably wasn't aware of that. So Acacia put it on the line and told Rick she suggested that they coexist and reminded him that she did not need his approval. Um, She also, I I love the fact too, that she ended it by saying, I know you carry a gun, um, but I'm not afraid of you, (laughs) essentially. So she thanked him and said, have a good evening and went up, right. Right. She knows. Um, but, you know, I just thought that was interesting. So so we actually asked SR if Rick considered Acacia a threat. And SR said that he responded by saying, I think Rick's expertise tells him Acacia is hiding something, but her past is buried so well he doesn't know what it is. So that I can understand. Rick's spidey sense is working. And... He wants to kind of put Acacia on notice that she, he knows something's up. Um, so after she said goodbye to Rick, um, by that point it was after 9 p.m. when Nicholas and Acacia went to dinner. Nicholas, of course, in his bespoke suit, and Acacia is in a red silk suit. They look very dashing at the, uh, di- in the dining room. Their table was in an intimate spot that overlooked the golf. When they returned to the suite, Nicholas escorted her upstairs. It had been a very long day. Her nerves tingled in anticipation because obviously she's been at the spa and having a massage and has had lots of time to think about Nicholas and also lots of time to anticipate the evening. And as, as they were coming back from dinner, she noticed the crate from the airport. She asked him what was in the crate. And he told her it was the Matisse reproduction. You actually had seen it before. And he said he brought it in for his meeting with Constantine's contact. He uses it to get custom signatures. Um, so if he ends up buying a painting, there's a secret compartment where he can hide it in. That way, when it goes through customs again, he's already signed the paperwork that the crate had been checked from customs and it simply is waved through. And when she asked him, he said, this works every time and made the comment that sometimes the simplest solutions are best. So we asked SR, where did you come up with the idea of the Matisse reproduction ruse? Where did he come up with this? And he said, for the Matisse reproduction in researching major art heists in the 20th and 21st centuries, he came rec- I came across reports that spoke of how organized crime used artwork to launder money or to pay debts, etc. Of course, the challenge is how to move the artwork across the borders. Dot, dot, dot. So I, I, liked, I liked that. I, I know, again, this is SR at his best doing his research. And applying what he's learned to his storytelling.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> and if, yes. if, if you listen to the news right at the moment, at any time, you'll hear about a lot of the um, money laundering that goes on, especially with the uh, Russians. Yes. And the, the Yes. Acacia glanced down the stairs and she sees the Kurt standing guard it wasn't he wasn't paying any attention to her or anything so Nicholas had already asked her to come here so he repeated that and to, it drew the attention away from Kurt and so she went off with him as she walked in the bedroom he waited at the door she entered and then he uh, proceeded to close it and lock it and noticed that the bed in the room was like in the center of the room and it was a huge bed and it was on a purple velvet platform and it had a a large tasseled heavy red and gold curtains that came all around the sides and stuff to me it sounds a little bit tacky but but you know, it's like something I saw in the Sopranos at one of the uh
2: Bada Bing <laughs> hotel rooms. At one of uh, the
1: casinos? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, something like that. I mean I'm sure it was beautiful, but just just not my thing. Anyway. So he suggested that it was interesting. To, this and uh they could enjoy their they could have their enjoyment of that bed later on. A she agreed, and he took her hand and he kissed it and led her into the opulent marble bathroom. It had the bath butler come and draw them a bath in the jacuzzi. And uh, so, Pam, when you win
2: like the, the lottery, let's get a bath butler, yes. okay?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I'd find one. Anyway. Unless it's the Ritz-Carlton. <laughs> uh, we'll find one. So, we'll find one. But the bathroom was fairly large, and she's looking all around, and she's seeing there's some Hermes uh, stuff on the on the vanity, you know, lotions and potions and whatever. And, uh, like, in, in the hotel in Italy, it was Salvador Ferragamo that I was in. Everything was oh. Salvador Ferragamo um lovely anyway, so and Lori that. says we
2: all need a bath butler
1: yeah true <laughs> we need to have the bath to have the bath butler you know sometimes <laughs> bathtubs aren't worth taking they're nice to take baths in they're not doing, <laughs> you know whatever so anyway, exactly she, she's looking around and and the butler had arranged all the candles and all the and it was lit and it smelled of rosewood and sandalwood and And the jacuzzi had nice rose petals in it. I thought I could go for it. Anyhow. So he told Acacia to take her time. And that he would join her shortly. And he kissed her and left. So as he's leaving, she touches her lips in remembrance of the kiss, I'm sure. And Mm because he was such a gentleman. Skilled in the fine arts of seduction. His manners and thoughtfulness, he made him more and more attractive. And Nicholas had seen her naked and, and had obviously been inside of her, um, and yet he still gave her that privacy, which was very nice. I think a lot of times as you become mm-hmm. more intimate, that privacy stuff goes away sometimes. But he knew how to feed desire, and true that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And had Miles Davis playing through the speakers in the ceiling. And you'll notice that I'm have playing mm, miles, of miles miles Davis this evening. Miles and Miles and Miles. Yes,
2: and I have to laugh. Betty said, "A hey, regular butler is fine with me.
1: <laughs> and Betty says, true.
2: Or Lori says, true, Betty. True.
1: That would be nice also. <laughs> So she carefully undid the necklace that he had given her of the lapis, lapis lazuli beads and took it off and she f- put it down on a folded towel and she liked the way that they were, candlelight was picking up a, a, a glit, glitter for them. And she hung oh, her clothes up on a convenient it. hanger mm-hmm, and tossed her underwear to the side and stepped in the water. Uh, as oh, the rose petals swirled around her the visions of the night before were hit in her bed it's like the sugar plum fairy dancing through her head and and, 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 and he also had worried about her if she was sore from their night before their nocturnal activities and now with the bath butler having set the bath. <laughs> He was insisting that he take care of that. Men like him were rare. Oh. rare and she wondered why Silka left him.
0: Oh,
2: I think honestly, what was that woman thinking? And Betty goes, I <laughs> guess we won't get a one night only strip tease from Nicholas. <laughs> and Kenzie said, Nocturnal <laughs> activities, lol. <laughs> So a few minutes later, the bathroom door opened with a bathrobe clad Nicholas asking if he could join her. Of course he could. He took his robe off, offering her a momentary view of his body. As he leaned on one of the marble pillars, he flexed his biceps. And she noticed and noted again that he was in really great shape. He stepped into the jacuzzi and Acacia grew hungry for him. She drew him onto the seat next to her, putting her arms around his neck and her breasts against his chest. He placed his hands on her backside and started kissing her. He told her that was quite a welcome, tucking one of her curls behind her ear. And again, can you? I, I can just imagine this whole scene unfurling in, um, on the screen. And it doesn't have to be explicit. It can just be suggestive of, everything exactly. but you can see I, I can just imagine the interaction between them and how you could have the camera cuts between the close-ups of him and her ad- admiring each other and uh, <laughs> as <laughs> kenzie goes oh la la and betty said subtle reminder to start working out this year
0: <laughs> to start working out yes out as that's i
2: right. just had a chocolate covered pr- <laughs> as i just ate a chocolate covered pretzel and i'm drinking wine yes that's my <laughs> subtle reminder as they both are, uh, naked in this beautiful, uh, bath. Um, so she wanted to thank him. And as he slides his nose down her saying that she does not have to thank him with her body, um, he did note that it is a welcome gift. Acacia says that he cares about her comfort and that means something to her. He pushes a curl away from her face and asks how she feels. She noted that she's quite relaxed and really enjoyed the visit to the spa. As he moves his hands down, he asks, Here. She rolls her eyes and says, Perfectly fine. Now, I have to say, he is so attentive and caring and Mm -hmm. incredibly respectful of her. And I just, I love that about Nicholas. I really, really do. Nicholas told Acacia that she was certainly perfect. And with the way she appeared, um, she was surprised that someone that would want, she seemed like she would be surprised that someone would want to spoil her, but he was eager to do much more. She gave him a half smile and said that she just wanted his company. And I think that is why Nicholas finds her so attractive, because he she's just enjoying him and not looking for all the extra bells and whistles, right? And not demanding or requiring or expecting to be wooed. And, and she's just enjoying who he is as stuff. a person. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So Acacia tilted her head and started a long, leisurely kiss. Uh, Nicholas' palms slid up her back and pushed her into his chest. She tilted her head and started to tug on his upper lip. Nicholas started to kiss her chin and worked his way down her neck, nipping her way to her collarbone. He cupped her breast above the water, and this sent shivers down her spine. She hummed and squirmed at the sensations from Nicholas. And you can almost see this happening, right, as, as SR writes about this. She could feel him between her legs, and she massaged his scalp and brought her knees to either side of his thighs on top of the bench. He asked her to wait and to see if she was ready. Nicholas then put his hands between her legs, and she kissed him very deeply and was ready, and she let him know that. When he thought she was ready, he reached discreetly um, to a very uh, discreetly placed box, dried his hands on a towel, and retrieved a condom. And again, shout out to SR for the safe sex here. I love when authors do that. I think that's really important. Um, So I thought that was a lovely way to handle that part of the scene.
1: It's true. And they didn't. They didn't do it in the Florentine series.
2: Now, well, I guess... There was they're no thinking... safe sex with William. <laughs> <laughs> William's just not safe. Um, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but he's also supernatural, so... Um, and Kenzie says, Nicholas is such a cinnamon roll. Definition of a cinnamon roll. A character that is very kind and sweet, but faces more hardship and suffering than they truly deserve. Comes from the usage of an article headline from The Onion titled, Beautiful cinnamon roll, too good for this world, too pure. To describe a person or character that is very good but faces a lot of pain in their life. I love that, Kenzie. Thank you for sharing. The Onion always cracks me up and I never saw that headline. She said, I also like to refer to SR as a cinnamon roll. And um, yes, (laughs) I love that too um there wasn't a need she said when we were referring to the scene about safe sex and uh William she said remember vampires don't carry diseases very well, true you never know you never know but I think Kenzie's right on that one I've been I, I'm immersed yes. now I'm immersed in vampire culture I know I'm only a decade late but Um, Between Vampire (laughs) Diaries that my daughter is uh, having me binge watch and uh, A Discovery of Witches, I'm
1: like um,
2: on supernatural being overload and I love it.
1: Yes, and and Matthew de Clermont is a gorgeous vampire. Anyway.
2: I know. I can't wait to see him. Okay.
1: So, Pam. So, (laughs) he (laughs) apologized. (laughs) <laughs> apologetically, moved her. <laughs> I can't speak. <laughs> I know getting we're up, getting and,
2: too. We're getting too. He looked like two Two Yeah, I know. Yeah.
1: And, uh, yeah. and uh, <laughs> but he looked like a sea god coming out of the sea with the water dripping off of him.
2: I love that line. <laughs> I have to tell you, I love that line. You can just line. visualize it, right? <laughs> that big. Ah, oh, yes. It was good.
1: Jason Momoa standing
0: up <laughs> mm-hmm. from
1: Aquaman. <laughs> so oh yeah. He quickly put on, quickly put on the condom and sank below the water again. She got down on him slowly with her eyes closed, and Nicholas asked how she felt. Incredible, <laughs> she said, and he gripped her hips and placed her she had to place her hands on her shoulders to steady herself the water bobbled and sloshed around them rose petals gathering around them she wasn't going to last long and he was positioned just right and she could feel her orgasm start so the train went into the tunnel with the blow, with the whistle blowing screaming ahead that's my metaphor for. Nice. For
2: <laughs> oh yeah. So Nicholas. <laughs> Nicholas
0: thought this was magnificent. <laughs> this
1: is I'm sure he did. Book,
2: <laughs> I know, and, the and as horse. Betty says, no party without the hat.
1: <laughs> Nicholas That's the true. Aquaman.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, I know Kenzie you are right on that honey right on the money yeah
1: baby is right as Perling
2: <laughs> says yeah baby <laughs> I know I wish so, Pearling could be on this one. Oh my gosh
0: I know
2: <laughs>
0: I, know. I love this Perling this was
1: magnificent and she opened her eyes as her <laughs> orgasm began to wane. <laughs> And <laughs> Kenzie to, says, "Save the horse, to, <laughs> So <laughs> she watched as Nicholas found his and own Lori's, train going through the t- tunnel, and as yeah. he held her to him, and she continued to stare in his eye, into her eyes. It was a heavy moment for them. I see I had to blink because of his intense. Gaze. And his expression had grown fierce as he squeezed his backside. "Incredible," he said. She collapsed against him and rested her head against his shoulder, saying, "You slayed me." He hugged her, telling yes, her that she was so sweet. I
2: agree. That scene slayed me. Holy cow!
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> Save the horse, ride a pony, or ride a cowboy. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so he's tugging her, how, telling how sweet she is, and Acacia lets, lets sets out a happy sigh, and he kissed her forehead and said, "Montresor, we are going together. We're good together, no?" And she closed mm. her eyes and said, "Very good." As if she was an angel, she was falling asleep. Said, Maybe. And he reminded her that they are still inside of her. Casia says, "I like it there." As did he. And he apologized for mm-hmm. the long day. Tomorrow will be better. And she did not open her eyes. Ah, oh, so Nicholas beautiful. Moved to I. Her so-
2: as Betty says, yeah. she loves them together. And Kenzie said that scene seemed extremely detailed and vivid.
1: Yes. Yes, it was.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very read
1: intense.
2: And listen to it a few times. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, that too.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, the old joke. <laughs> or, uh, somebody, I think it was. Um, uh, 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 that end of uh, Mister Roberts, and Jack Lemmon says to oh, yeah. Henry Ford's character about the the book he's reading. He's got all the good p- parts highlighted.
0: Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, not Green,
1: not God's Little Lake or whatever it was. So anyway, so um, uh, I it's the same with the book here. Um, so Nicholas gets up and he quickly departs gets rid of the condom and then sits next to her and says, I think it's time for bed. Acacia said, the way you looked at me at the end, it's almost as if you... And she stopped. And she then closed her mouth and her face flamed. And he asked her, almost what? Nothing, she replied. She was in the afterglow and babbling. And Nicholas doubted that and was playing with her curls and when she changed the subject.
2: Oh. <laughs> and and Kenzie said, scene. hopefully not when driving. With and I know that's about the listening <laughs> And You um, never
0: know.
2: <laughs> I know. Paul needs a shower scene. That would be a great outtake. <laughs> 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 oh, my Betty gosh, Betty, I don't back. know if you'd recover from that. <laughs> That's right. Um, I have to laugh because um, I did listen to this scene driving, and then I remember talking to Pam and saying or texting afterwards when I was home and thinking, oh, my gosh, I forgot. I said, we thought Santorini was crazy. <laughs> and I said, <laughs> I forgot how hot it was in Dubai, and I'm not talking the temperature. Holy Right. tamales um, very steamy so um, Acacia touched his scar and asked if she could ask about it <laughs> Betty said hopefully it won't be a scene between Paul and Allison that's true we'll have to see Betty I don't know I was thinking about that in Gabriel 4 I have to tell you I'm wondering what Paul's up to that's I, I don't I, who knows Or Allison may be out of the picture now, and maybe Paul is now with Betty. We'll have to see. You never know. Um, So as Nicholas and Acacia are finishing their bath, she asked about the scar, and Nicholas froze. She pulled back because she let her guard down and was forcing intimacies, and I think she felt like she was pushing him too much. She fished her hand out from under the water, and he told her that he would tell her someday, but not tonight, which I liked that. I liked the fact that he at least acknowledged that he heard her and didn't just completely ignore her, but that also was very Shut telling down. that he wasn't ready to talk about it. Yeah, and I I, I liked that because, I mean, there are some characters I've read bef- you know, in other books by other authors who were so were so traumatized that they just could not even go there and I liked the fact that he he respected her enough and felt strongly about her enough that he knew he had to say something and he at least said I will you know I will talk about it. I just can't tonight and Akasia apologized and told him it really didn't matter and this surprised him it doesn't and she said no uh, she began pulling her hair away And then she herself revealed a scar on her scalp where her hair no longer grew. When asked what it was, she told him that she had stitches there when she was young. And her curls actually hide her scar. When asked how it happened, she told him that she had gotten in between a fight between her father and mother. And he asked her if there were more. And again, you remember several weeks back, we had a long discussion about scars and SR's use of scars... Um, not just in this book, I mean, this was the most obvious uh, visual scar on Nicholas's mm-hmm. face. But man, I, there—I thought that was some, there was some really good discussion on scars and um, not just the physical, visual scars you can see, but the scars that you can't. Right. And Acacia said, "No, I have no scars that you can see." Then Nicholas repeated what he told her in colony and he meant it and he said anyone who fucks with you fucks with me and Acacia told him that there was a time when she could not take care of herself but that time had passed and she really felt confident that she was you know she had to rely on herself and she learned how to do so. Acacia told him that a Nicholas almost disagreed with her but he kept it to himself and Acacia said, our scars don't define us. And he disagreed, saying that I'm afraid you are wrong, Cherie, at least in my case. And he released her hand. As the water droplets fell from her fingers, she reached over and traced his scar and then kissed it inch by inch, which I just thought was a beautiful acknowledgement. Yes. And it showed her heart. And I loved that. And, uh, you know, I'm looking in the chat room. Kenzie said, like I said, SR writing God Yes, 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 yes. Um, Betty said, I sure hope Promise has an update with Paul's personal life. I agree. I think it will. I can't imagine him writing that book without it, but you never know because maybe he'll write just a whole separate book on Paul, which would be cool. That's true. And Kenzie's saying, I'm hoping for a Violet cover. I can't wait to see it. I bet it'll be stunning. I'm so over the moon excited but nervous because of Julia, and I can't wait to see more of Gabriel and Julia being new parents I agree, Kenzie, and she adores, she adores that line, and I'm not sure which one, because I've read a lot of them, but I, there I were such our beautiful don't us. words. Our, yeah, our scars do for define us, I think so, too. I love that one. Um, mm-hmm. So Nicholas wondered what sweetness her, he held in his arms as he brought her fingers to his heart. Acacia told him he had a noble soul, and he had been thoughtful and generous. She was very lucky. He disagreed, telling her that she would think that he she wouldn't really think that if he knew what was in his soul. I liked. I really liked this part. I thought this part was really interesting. Um, And Acacia told him that she wasn't saying he was perfect, but his imperfection had been marked by nobility. And he said, "If she only knew." And then Acacia told him she had her own darkness. She didn't discuss it, but the darkness was there. And I they, they I really like that because a they of kind stuff. of were laying, laying bare to each other. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So Nicholas shifted on the bench and said, let me take you to bed. And of course, in my mind, I'm thinking, yes, please. Um, mm-hmm. Nicholas wanted to taste her. She asked now. Uh, it was a sudden change, uh, you know, because they had been talking and, you know, they were kind of in the afterglow and. She's like, wow, you know, this is kind of a quick turn. And he said, yes. yeah, it was
1: a lot more intimate, too. And he
2: said, You're f- yeah, oh, definitely, definitely. Her fingers were beginning to wrinkle, so she needed to get out of the bath. She ended the embrace and stood to get one of the fluffy towels from the alcove. And Nicholas touched her wrist, telling her that she could always refuse. Again, I love this respect mm-hmm. and this. This caring and this adoration uh, between the two. I just love it. And Nicholas really treasures her. And I just think it's beautiful. Um, She looked down and said, Why should I refuse when you're offering such pleasure? And Nicholas told her that we are equals, friends as well as lovers, and he would not want to take advantage. (laughs) As Betty said, Midnight snack, uh huh. Um,
1: Bearded uh clam sandwich,
2: and (laughs) oh my gosh! Um, Acacia sighed (laughs) because she knew, as as much as he said there's a power there, they were equal. She knew there was a power differential there, and that the power differential could not be denied. So we asked SR a couple questions um, in this section. Um, After their passionate time in the bath, Acacia said, the way you looked at me at the end, it's almost as if you... And then when Nicholas questioned her, she said it was nothing. What did she stop herself from saying? And why wasn't Nicholas surprised when Acacia noted she had her own darkness? And why did Nicholas ask her for patience Or why did he he look so guilty when she praised him soon? And the dynamic, and SR said, the dynamic between Nicholas and Acacia is fraught with secrets and a degree of paranoia. But their bodies aren't lying in intimate moments, which means the depths of their feelings for one another, quote, love, question mark, quote, is becoming visible. So, I have to say, reading this today when we got the re- re- responses from SR, I loved mm-hmm. their phrase, but their bodies aren't lying in intimate moments, which means the depths of their feelings for one another, perhaps love, is becoming visible. I just, even when he's responding to a question, he writes so poetically. I love it. Mm-hmm. I go back to mm-hmm. Kenzie's earlier comment, SR, Period. Writing. Period. God. Period. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, as we finish the chapter, Nicholas's expression was almost pleading. Patience. She wasn't sure why he had asked or why he had a guilty look when she praised him, but they could work that all out later. And then she smiled and told him that he owed her an encounter on the dining room table. He gaped (laughs) and then he grinned. And as Laurie said, that is so good. And Betty said, swoon. Yes, very yes, swoon-worthy. it was very, very swoon worthy. We might have to have a swoon worthy scale. I don't know.
1: Yes, I know.
2: It's like similar to the hanky, similar to the hanky, uh, <laughs> the hanky scale in the. <laughs> Such a good chapter, guys. Yeah, I just there love was it. There's so
1: much that went on in this chapter, aside from the sex. When when right. says, you know, th- their intimacy um, is is you know, it, it's not hidden by what their what their backgrounds are, what their fears are, their paranoia whatever. And you can really tell that in the way they both care for each other and they're very gentle with each other. I mean, otherwise it could be, you know, it could be, you know, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am type of thing. And, it, you know, it, you know, still in a bathtub and still having a good time. But no, it, it wouldn't be the same. So, so I think that that's true. And as Betty says, point, so good and romantic. Ah. And uh the writing god does tweet me likes your socks, by the way.
2: <laughs> uh, oh, does he? <laughs> yes. I love it. That's so funny. <laughs> I was inspired. <laughs>
1: uh, so but yes, that was a great chapter. It really was. <laughs> and the fun doesn't end there. It
0: was.
2: So. It does not. Uh, it will continue, like nope. I said. Yes, it will. We thought Santorini was hot. Hoo-hoo.
1: Dubai is hot, too. So, so, and uh, we'll get in more into that a little bit next week. It'll be uh, lots of fun. So,
2: but yes, we it will. A, I'm very uh, excited about it.
1: Uh, We'll have to cool ourselves down. So, Kenzie is wearing argyle and drinking an (laughs) espresso as we speak. She'll send the photo. Do it.
2: (laughs) Wonderful.
1: And, uh, yes, it is perfect chapters for a cold winter night. And I have to run out after this since I did not get to the store today and I Obviously, didn't do, couldn't get anything done yesterday, so I have to pick up a couple things at the grocery store. So I don't, but I don't want to go out. You know, tomorrow I have. To I, know. The, I know because the the you have to do the toilet paper, bread, and milk run for the weekend. <laughs>
2: well, I just did. I did that run. I took that my mother out um, before my four o'clock call. That was prior to our podcast, so we we were able to, to take care of a couple things that we were simply just out of, and we figured we better do it now, because then it's going to get ridiculous.
1: Yeah. I don't like going this time of night, but so. what are you going to do? And I definitely don't want to go tomorrow or Saturday, because then the store will be lined up the wazoo, so... Oh yeah. As I've always said you do Absolutely your your beer, your liquor and your wine. And you put tape on it that says uh, toilet paper, milk, eggs. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you're buying. <laughs> but anyway. So we will uh get together again next week and have and more fun in Dubai and see what happens there. We're so glad you That's could join
0: us right. tonight.
1: and uh, enjoying the background of Miles Davis
2: and uh, right now absolutely uh,
1: He is uh, performing best you is my woman. And uh, we can go from there. So I'm going to let you listen to this a little bit. (laughs) And we will catch you next week. Have a good night and safe weekend, everybody.
2: Thanks, everybody. Thanks for joining us.